You're listening to SBS News. So the first thing to acknowledge is that the Jinping, the, the lab in question, actually was opened in, I think, 2010. So the announcement that has come out recently is like an expansion of the lab. So this lab has already existed and the amount of space that's available has just like considerably increased. Um, but the thing, the other thing to remember is that just physical depth underground is not the only factor in determining what is good or bad about an underground laboratory. So uh, the reason to go deep underground in general is to shield from cosmic rays, which are high energy particles that come from space and they collide in the atmosphere and then they generate these things called muons that spray down and can interfere with experiments, particularly really sensitive experiments looking for like dark matter and some work in quantum technologies and things of that nature. So you want to get deep underground to shield from these things. But not all ground is the same. So not like 2.4 kilometers of rock versus two kilometers of rock somewhere else or whatever is not necessarily equivalent. So we tend to measure these things in terms of meters of water equivalency. So rather than the actual distance underground, we measure the flux of cosmic rays that actually make it to the lab and then use that to determine what the like effective deepest place is. Um, in terms of where this lab sits in that space, it is certainly one of the very, very best ones. Uh, depending on who you ask and what day you do your measurements, it will very likely either be that one or this lab that's called Snow Lab, which is in Canada, which is about two kilometers underground. The reasons for this are that, yeah, the types of rock are different. So I'm not a geologist, but apparently like <laughs> there are different kinds of rock where this lab is in, in China versus where this other lab is in Canada. Um, the other thing to consider is that cosmic ray density is not the only thing that matters in terms of doing deep underground physics. There's also other sources of radiation and vibration that have to do with what else is going on around. So I guess the short answer is, does it matter that it's the deepest underground? Yes, and also only kind of. It's sort of complicated. There's, there's more factors at play. Um, and certainly because it's so complicated, uh, it definitely doesn't mean everyone else just goes home. There's there's room for, for multiple deep underground labs. The other thing about it is that uh, just the background is not even the only factor. The other thing that is relevant is what kinds of facilities are available there. So, for example, that other lab that I mentioned, Snow Lab uh, in Canada, has access to like the world's deepest underground, what's called a clean room facility, which is like an ultra clean environment. Um, so that enables different kinds of research there than what's being done uh, in Jinping, at least at the moment. And in Australia, yeah, when we have we have our own underground lab, it's a couple of hundred kilometers from Melbourne, which is really great. I mean, it's not as deep underground as Jinping or Snow Lab, but it is still very deep underground. <laughs> there are just not that many of these things. So any place you can go where you can massively reduce the cosmic ray flux enables you to do interesting kinds of experiments. And this one being in Australia is a really exciting opportunity for Australian research. If, if it had already been opened, it you said from 2010, were they already at that depth in 2010? Yes, uh, as far as I understand. I mean, when I, I've just been doing some reading of the available information in like a couple of press releases, it it looks like what is being done here is a, is a big expansion. It, it's a huge expansion for what it's worth. It's, a, it's an expansion from 4,000 cubic metres to they're quoting 330,000 cubic metres. So it's like a, a hundredfold expansion in the volume of the facility. And I imagine adding new kinds of resources and stuff to it as well. Um, but yes, the, the depth... I, I'm not seeing anything that suggests that the depth itself is what has changed. Uh, there were already measurements of gray background down there. There were fairly recent ones, I think, in 2020, which had it, yeah, like within measurement uncertainty tying with Snow Lab, which is the Canadian lab for deepest equivalent lab in terms of cosmic ray flux. What's the chance that we discover this in, in, the, next ten, in the next 10 years? Proving it, yeah, as opposed to inferring okay. it. What's the chance we discover dark matter in the next 10 years? That is not something that I feel 
able to give you a number on. The real reason for that is that dark matter experiments, both the kinds that we do in these underground labs and other kinds of dark matter experiments. So for what it's worth, um, the research that we're developing in Stroll Underground Physics Lab and the research they're talking about doing in Jinping, it's like one kind of dark matter research. It's a big one and it's a popular one, but there's like other kinds of dark matter detectors around the world. And because we don't know what the dark matter is, we don't know which kind of experiment is going to find it, which means we don't really know when. The other kinds of like experimental programs, broadly speaking, like around the world, we're sort of like at the level of sensitivity now where like it really could be any day. Um, we, we really we could find it like tomorrow, but we yeah. we don't know because we're searching a needle in a haystack and, uh, you know, you don't know until you found the thing. It could take a really long time or it could take no time at all. It really depends on what the dark matter is made of. So is there collaboration going on between... China, Italy, Australia, or is China just doing its own thing? In other words, how much competition is there? Right. I think broadly speaking in uh, international physics, there are areas of collaboration and areas of competition. Um, so it's important to remember, again, that these labs are not like, like there's, there's a delineation between the lab and the experiment. So like the the experiment that they're planning to put in in Jinping, the Chinese lab, yeah, as far as I'm aware, they're not engaged in active collaboration with the other competing WIMP dark matter detection experiments. But the the thing about it is that they're all sort of slightly different, which is what's good about it. That's why you want lots of different experiments going on. Because again, we don't know what the dark matter is, which means we need a range of experiments that are looking at different possibilities. So uh, the Italian experiment, the Australian experiment are related because they are deliberately trying to correlate something between the Northern and Southern hemispheres. Um, that's looking at a specific dark matter candidate signal in a specific kind of detector. Um, but you can build other kinds of detectors that would be sensitive to other kinds of things. So, and, and also the other, the big question in dark matter is like the mass, the mass of the particle that you're looking for. Um, so when you build a detector that's sensitive to a particle that's this heavy, it's not necessarily sensitive to a particle that's this heavy, or it's more sensitive to different, different masses of particles. So yes, the experiments are sort of different. So they don't really like actively work together. They, they scan different complementary areas of dark matter parameter space. 